Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Look, here's, here's the deal, guys. Should police officers be mandated to get vaccines or let go? Yes and yes. The mandates are working. No, I mean, come on. Freedom. Mr. Bannon. The American people deserve to know what he knew. The resolution is adopted. Contempt charge. Alec Baldwin fired that prop gun. Human remains found of Brian Laundry. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Friday. A lot to talk about today. Apparently, the dental records confirmed that the uh, decomposed body found down in that Florida park was Brian Laundry. So uh, that will, unfortunately, it uh, no happy endings there. WNCT is reporting investigators with the National Transportation Safety Board and the Federal Aviation Administration arrived around noon Friday at a scene where two people died in a plane crash. It happened yesterday in Onslow County. The crash occurred about 24 hours ago, right around 5 p.m. Two people were killed. Two others transported to the hospital after their Mooney M20J small plane crashed. The Highway Patrol says the pilot, William Roberts, and passenger Willie Hobbs Jr. died. Troopers say two children were injured. The crash happened in a heavily wooded area adjacent to the Holly Ridge Topsail Island Airport. On Friday, Pete Wentz, a air safety investigator from Ashburn, Virginia, their National Transportation Safety Board office said the entire plane was located at the crash site, meaning that no part of it broke off, which might have led to the crash. The plane was expected to be taken from the wooded area where it crashed. Uh, it will be taken to a site in Georgia for further examination at some point between now and Saturday. Carolina Journal is reporting on a new poll for North Carolina voters. They're growing frustrated with Joe Biden. So is the rest of the world. The uh, Overall performance, they're frustrated with the handling of his jobs, the handling of economy, the handling of just about everything he touches, for that matter. A statewide survey found 38 percent of respondents approve of Biden overall. Fifty six percent do not. That pretty much reflects the national polling. Uh, Roy Cooper's overall job performance, 48 percent approve, 46 disapprove. In this poll, 55 percent disapprove of Biden's handling of the pandemic and the economy. Two-thirds, 63 percent of the respondents said the economy is getting worse. There's a correlation between Biden and Cooper's approval ratings, but the governor is faring far better than the president, said Donald Bison, Bryson, I should say, president of the John Locke Foundation, which sponsored the poll. However, the cracks in Cooper's armor are issue-specific, and he is five points underwater on his handling of the economy. That has to be top of the mind of many people who go to the grocery store and see empty shelves and higher prices. The survey comes as North Carolina closes in on 600 days under Cooper's executive emergency orders related to the COVID pandemic. Uh, that, to me, is more infuriating than the economy, than empty shelves. I, the empty shelves aren't Cooper's fault. I mean, it's, the only thing you can say about that is why in the world would he get behind somebody like Joe Biden? I would say it is his fault. The poll shows Cooper and Biden still have strong support from self-identified liberals. Self-identified liberals approve 
80%, which means 20% of self-identified liberals don't approve of either Biden or Cooper. Poll numbers on generic ballots found that 43% of respondents say they would vote for a Democrat for a legislature if the 2022 general election were held today. 50% said they would vote for Republicans. Folks, I know that doesn't sound like a big deal. 43% for Dems, 50% for Republicans. That's actually a landslide. A seven-point difference like that, not good. So far, 13 Democrats in the U.S. House, including North Carolina's Congressman David Price, have said they will not run for re-election in 2022. That might be uh, Exhibit A as to uh, do the Democrats think they're going to uh, keep the House? I don't think so. Interesting story out of Raleigh in the News and Observer. Rather frustrating story. A Raleigh principal's denial of a kindergarten student's face mask exemption despite the child's having a doctor's note. Uh, A lot of people are upset, and as they should be. The child's mother had requested a medical mask exemption from Powell Elementary School, a magnet school in East Raleigh. The parents cited a pediatrician saying that the kindergartner was unable to keep the face mask on because of sensory processing disorder. In a taped telephone conversation that was provided to a local conservative podcaster, a guy named Curtis Bauer, uh, Brower told the mother that he needed to see. Okay, I'm sorry. This was on a conservative podcast. The principal, Curtis Brower, the principal of the elementary school, told the mother that he needed to see the child's medical records and speak with a pediatrician. He ultimately rejected the request to let the child not wear the mask at the school. Quote, I have the power to make a decision whether this is approved or denied in my school. Yes, ma'am, Brower said in the phone call. The doctor can give you whatever. He can give me whatever information. If I don't feel like it would suffice, I deny it. It is my choice, unfortunately. It is the principal's discretion and decision. Wow. So suddenly this guy has elevated himself up to uh, as a peer of a pediatrician. Elementary school teacher, principal, now he's a uh, pediatrician. Uh, Wake County requires face coverings to be worn inside schools. Wake is the state's largest district, 160,000 students. Studies have shown that universal masking helps keep secondary transmission rates low within schools, said a uh, spokesperson for the Wake County public school system. Um, you know, perhaps the reason why, uh, and, and that person goes on to say, in fact, in the last three weeks, Wake County public school systems have no reports of secondary transmission of COVID-19 on school campuses. Uh, perhaps it's because uh, all the numbers are going in the right direction. Perhaps it's because five-year-olds don't get or give, they don't transmit COVID. And the few that do get it, they have no symptoms. But Wake says it exempts students if they have a medical condition or disability that renders mask wearing harmful or medically inadvisable. Last school year, the spokesperson said Wake principals approved more than 200 requests for mask accommodations. Some parents have complained about Wake being too strict, rejecting mask exemption requests. Some Wake parents have gone on social media asking for names of conservative doctors who fill out paperwork supporting the child's exemption request. Uh, is is that illegal? I mean, so if you're a conservative doctor, you, somehow you've lost your credentials. 
In the Pal Elementary case, the parent cited letters from a pediatrician and a chiropractor who said wearing a mask would cause anxiety and agitation and would disrupt the child's ability to learn. The principal, Brower, said he needed more information on the case, citing how sensory processing issues can present differently for individual students. If you're going to take the word of a pediatrician, a doctor, a medical doctor, you either take it or you don't. You don't start debating as an elementary school principal. You don't start debating the doctor. Uh, you know, this is um, I don't know this. This is so frustrating. But. Now, now, this is a this is a different issue, but I, you know, is this the same attitude that we see happening up in Loudoun County, Virginia? I would say so. By the way, now we've talked about this story over and over again since it's broken in the news a few weeks back. The the situation, Loudoun County, Virginia, Scott Smith, his ninth grade daughter, back on May the twenty eighth, she was in the girls' restroom. A biological male comes in wearing a skirt, ends up sodomizing this young lady, sexually abusing her. I mean, just it's terrible. Uh, They transfer him to another school. He does it again. That happened May 28th. On June 22nd, Scott Smith goes to a Loudoun County School Board meeting where parents were objecting to a new bathroom policy, the policy that would allow a biological male to identify as whatever and use whatever bathroom or locker room. And the question comes up by one of the school board members, Beth Bartz, asking if there were any sexual assaults in bathrooms regularly. Now, again, this is while they were discussing the transgender bathroom policy. Scott Ziegler responded that he didn't have any record of any kind of attacks taking place in any bathrooms. Bartz noted that Ziegler's comment failed to reflect a 2018 locker room situation where all male players got into a fight. So he said, well, you can't say that's completely true because 2018, a bunch of guys in a locker room in 2018 got in a fight. But... Ziegler stood by, oh, yeah, okay, well, but, yeah, but you know, there were no issues related to transgender issues, no assaults taking place in bathrooms. Interesting. WTOP. And, and the question is, why would you lie when this is out there? Did you think you could hide it? Do you think you could cover it up? WTOP, Washington News Talk radio station up there. They have uncovered an email that this guy, Scott Ziegler, originated. He wrote this email. Now, he says, he says to the rest of the school board and all the public that's there, no, we've never had any, any kind of situations like that. This is, this is in June, right after the May 28th attack. This email is dated the day of the attack, Friday, May 28th. They've got a screenshot of it here. Good afternoon, board members. The purpose of this email is to provide you with information regarding an incident that occurred at Stonebridge High School this afternoon. A female student alleged that a male student sexually assaulted her in the restroom. The Loudoun County School uh, officer is investigating the matter. 
Secondary to the assault investigation, the female student's parents responded to the school and caused a disruption by using threatening and profane language that was overheard by staff and students. You know what? If I was the dad, I'd be using some threatening language. Additional law enforcement units responded to the school to assist with the parent. Why wouldn't you be upset? Why wouldn't your focus be on the young man that raped the child? No, they're going after the dad. The school counseling team is providing services for students who witnessed the parent's behavior. Oh, <laughs> could, could, we not congratu- could we not say to the students, when you become a dad and your little girl is assaulted like this, this is how you react because you love your child and you're going to defend your child. Heaven forbid we go that direction. The Loudoun County school officers investigating both incidences. Further updates might not be available. I bring it up, not so much to focus on the fact that they went after the dad. But this guy's a liar. He's an out-and-out liar. On the June 22nd meeting, oh, we had no incidents. No, no, we, we, I know of no incidents. No, no, I can't think of any. You just wrote an email a couple of weeks before that to the board members, and the whole board knew it. It went to the whole board. So not only did he know it, but when he's lying to the board, they know he's lying. What in the world were you thinking? I mean, I, I, I guess they thought, eh, we can we can fool these idiots. We can lie our way through this. It, 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 it usually is found out. After the Daily Wire reported this month that the suspect had been transferred to another school where he allegedly sexually assaulted another girl in a classroom, Ziegler apologized for what he acknowledged was a misleading remark, claiming he thought the question was related to transgender students only. When she said, had there been any assaults in the bathroom? Well, they were talking about the transgender policy when she asked. Unbelievable. Just lie. If we can get away with it, if we can get our policy in, just just like last night, Joe. I mean, the whole premise that Joe was at a town hall last night is a lie. It wasn't a town hall. It was a hand-picked, rear-end kissing crowd that applauded like crazy every time Joe burped. All the questions were hand-picked. All the answers were written out for Joe, and he still screwed up a bunch of them. You had a hand-picked moderator who was answering half the questions, filling in the blanks when Joe couldn't get the answer right. Anderson Cooper. We've got some uh, audio from last night. We'll, we've got to take a time out. When we get back, we'll play some of that for you. Lots more to talk about. Love to hear from you. 561-8255. News and views for a Friday right after this. If you're vaccinated, you must wear a mask. Why? We need to get people vaccinated. Killing people who are vaccinated to wear a mask doesn't get more people vaccinated. Confusing the kids and the parents even more. Get the facts. Get the correct information. Eastern Carolina's news source is News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Speaking of Joe Biden, 
Today, October 22nd, 2021, is National Nut Day. Forty years ago today, 1981, the U.S. national debt hit $1 trillion. Today, it's $29 trillion. That's 29 followed by 12 zeros. How long would it take you to spend a trillion dollars? If you spent $100 a second, it would take 317 years to go through a trillion dollars. <laughs> if you spent $100 a second, it would take you 9,193 years to go through $29 trillion. Yeah. Wow. Take a look at your weather forecast. Good-looking weekend forecast. A slight chance of rain tonight. Probably most of us will have just cloudy skies. Low tonight around 55. Saturday, lots of sunshine, high near 74. Tomorrow night, mostly clear, 49. Sunday looks good. Sunday, high near 79. Sunday night, clear. Monday night, Sunday uh, is going to be clear. Monday day is going to be clear. Chance of rain coming in on Monday night. We need the rain, by the way. Hot Air is reporting that Axios, which I guess is a fairly respected news outlet, this out of Axios, Trump is keeping a close tabs on his would-be rivals for the nomination. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former VP Mike Pence, and former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Now, we've talked about Pompeo. What we're hearing, this is out of Axios, Trump's most likely opponent is Mike Pence. I don't see it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't see it. I, I, I don't see Pence running against Trump. And if he did, I don't think. Look, I, I know that a lot of people look at Donald Trump and say, oh, he's too caustic. But the, at the end of the day, they want a fighter in there. People want somebody that's going to play hardball like the Democrats play hardball. And is, is Donald Trump any more caustic than Chucky the Clown Schumer or Maxine Waters or Nancy Pelosi or anybody that, that works in the press department of the White House or Kamala Harris? I mean, Joe, you can't really say that about Joe because Joe doesn't even know what's going on. I, I just, that, that would shock me if Mike Pence even ran. By the way, uh, we're coming down um, to the latter stages of the redrawing of the new maps for the state of North Carolina. And uh, if you want to chime in, there's going to be some public hearings Monday and Tuesday. Uh, you can go up to Raleigh and be a part of meetings that will take place up there. Uh, in person and remote meetings, 3 p.m. both days, and online only hearings, 5.30 p.m. both days. For Eastern North Carolina, if you don't get up to Raleigh, again, Monday and Tuesday, 3 o'clock, and then at 5.30. But if you can't get up there, um, in Greenville, there will be a remote place that you can participate in these meetings. Um, in Greenville, at East Carolina University, the auditorium at the East Carolina Heart Institute, which is at 115 Heart Drive in Greenville, North Carolina. And uh, that would be on Tuesday at 3 o'clock on 
Monday at 3 o'clock. You can participate in these meetings uh, at UNC Wilmington at the uh, Lumina Theater, 615 Hamilton Drive in Wilmington, North Carolina. So, But uh, they're going to be voting on these uh, maps fairly soon. And uh, if you want to look at the maps, they are available at North at NC Senate's redistricting committee page. Just Google it, NC Senate's redistricting committee page. So last night, Cousin Eddie, a.k.a. Joe Biden, joined Anderson Cooper for a, uh, quote, town hall. As I said, hardly a town hall when you have a hand-picked audience. I mean, wouldn't a town hall be, come on in, yeah, come on in, no matter what's your background. No, it was a hand-picked, invitation-only audience. All questions had to be submitted ahead of time so that they could write out the answers and put them on the teleprompter for Joe. Uh, Even CNN this morning fact-checked Joe. I watched it for 30 seconds. My wife and I were kicking back, sitting on the sofa, turn the TV on. So let's flip over the town hall. As soon as you flipped it on, you know, this huge ovation. And I thought, I can't stand watching this show, this circus, this performance. I mean, was it like Kamala Harris? Did they actually pay the participants in the audience for clapping louder? (laughs) Like when Kamala Harris had all those child actors on there with her? Um. And uh, I, I, I can't remember what I, I can't remember what the lie is now, but immediately he started in. Oh, he, he said, you know, they had created more jobs uh, than any president in the history of this country. And yet per, maybe technically it was true, but look what he was coming out of. You, you were coming out of this covid pandemic shutdown created by the government where everybody was sent home. And they lost their jobs. Yeah, I, I mean, was was it anything that Joe did? I, but he's, I'm surprised he didn't strain something or sprain something, patting himself on the back. But uh, there's a whole list of things that even CNN came back and corrected. W- one of the things that came up was the fact that, you know, when are you going to go down to the uh, border? And uh, even today... The uh, White House, the Biden administration, hey, you're number one, Joe, you're number one. Migrant encounters at the southern border finished just before, just below 200,000 in September. New record. uh, 192,001 migrants were encountered in September, slightly down from 209,000 in August and uh, 213,593 in July, which means there's been more than 1.7 million encounters at the border in fiscal 2021, making it the highest number for a fiscal year on record. Congratulations, Joe. You're number one. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki attempted to defend Biden on Friday, today, earlier today, for his unwillingness to travel to the southern border. Peter Ducey asked, why did Biden say he's been to the border? Saki referencing now this is this is his this is her way of getting Joe out of that lie. Well, you might remember back in 2008, 13 years ago, when he was vice president 
He did a drive-by down at the border. <laughs> and she's serious. You know, uh, Joe, Donald Trump had it under control. You have completely blown it up. Donald Trump's been down the border several times since he's been out of office. And neither you nor Kamala have actually been at the border. Joe's too busy. Joe, he said he's, he's too busy putting out fires and uh, investigating hurricane damage. He's too busy. Can't get down to the border. Come on. No, you can't, Joe. Why? Well, it came out today on the uh, Joe's busy, busy list of what he has to do. Uh, this evening, the president and first lady will travel to Wilmington, Delaware. Will they remain there over the weekend? White House uh, daily guidance states. Joe basically goes home to Delaware every weekend. Uh, for the record, throughout his 40 years in public office, uh, and we assume Jen Psaki was telling the truth when he did a drive-by at the border uh, back in 2007. I'll circle back on that one. <laughs> I bet you will. <laughs> the worst thing that Joe said last night when it came to the vaccines, Joe, Cousin Eddie, who in December said he wouldn't demand vaccines be mandatory, he not only mocked unvaccinated Americans on Thursday for their freedom to make their own medical decisions, but he also endorsed the firing of first responders and police who don't comply. This, this is cut one, uh, Clark. This is what he said when the whole vaccine thing came up. Should police officers, emergency responders be mandated to get vaccines? And if not, should they be stay at home or let go? Yes and yes. Uh, by the way, I waited until uh, July to talk about mandating because I tried everything else possible. The mandates are working. All the stuff about people leaving and people, goodness, you have... You have everyone from United Airlines to Spirit, all these airlines that we're not going to get all 96, 97 percent of the people have gotten the vaccine. All the talk about all these folks who are going to leave the military if they're, they're mandated. Not true. You got about a 90 some percent vaccination rate. I mean, so there's a, the idea is that, uh, look, the two things that concern me, one are those who just try to make this a political issue, freedom. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. No, I mean, come on, freedom. So you're going to mock freedom. Joe, if you're really serious about this, why don't you allow for natural immunities? You never answer that, Joe. And by the way, Southwest Airlines, they were, uh, they were coming out and saying you're going to have to be vaccinated. They backed off, Joe. So your mandates aren't working. And the question is, is your vaccine working, Joe? That's the question. And by the way, how well are the mandates working? Up in Chicago, where Beetlejuice is uh, demanding that all 
Chicago police officers either be vaccinated or you're out. And they're losing a bunch of police officers. Two more Illinois sheriff's departments have refused to provide assistance to the city of Chicago. Two more. Now, there have been others. So this genius, Lori Lightfoot, she has um, said, well, if you're not going to get vaccinated, we're going to can you. But then she turns around and she goes to surrounding counties, including DuPage County, where James uh, Mendrick is the sheriff. She asked him, along with a, a bunch of other sheriffs, can you please provide us extra help in Chicago? And they're saying no. For one thing, our guys aren't mandated to get the vaccine, so that's not going to work. Secondly, this is a self-inflicted wound. What are you doing? Another sheriff, guy by the name of uh, Dwight Baird, Kendall County Sheriff, he's refused to send deputies to Chicago. A a secondary reason, not only is it self-inflicted, but um, they're saying, you know what? I don't want my guys to receive any kind of treatment from the Cook County State's Attorney, Kim Fox. Talk about nuts. If an incident did occur with one of my guys and you had Cook County State Attorney Kim Fox, she's going to side with the criminals. Sounds like Mayor Lightfoot is creating her own emergency with the decisions she's making with her police force. And I don't feel that Illinois Law Enforcement Alarm System Assistance, which is basically what they do, I guess it's a cooperative kind of thing that they have in Illinois. If there's you know an emergency, you can call on other police agencies to come in and help you out. Well, Lori Lightfoot is calling this an emergency. Well, you know, it would be an emergency if there was, you know, a disaster of some sort. For example, when 9-11 occurred in New York City, there was all kinds of people from states away that went in to assist. That's why you have this kind of system. But when you make a stupid political decision that Lori Lightfoot has put out, thinking that she, as an authoritarian, can demand people, when I say jump, you say how high on the way up, and it backfired on her, these sheriffs are saying, no, we're not going to help. Help yourself. Rescind your demand that they get vaccinated. Reinstate them. That'll take care of it in 30 seconds. So, Joe, uh, your mandate, not working. When it came to gas prices, as gas prices continue to rise across the United States, Joe said yesterday during that town hall, what, what good idea do you have, Joe? How can you get prices back down? Now, a year ago, the average price of gasoline was $2.16. Drive around eastern North Carolina. It's usually higher in Greenville than anywhere else. But it's anywhere. It's, it's north of $3.00. A lot of places, it's up around three thirty-five, three forty. The most when I went to Ohio, I paid three fifty. Three fifty in Ohio, but mm-hmm. this is in North Carolina. Right. Well, all over, it's up a buck and a half, a buck thirty-five from a year ago. Um, 
the highest average price of regular unleaded gasoline previously was in July of 2008, and that was $4.11. Yesterday, there was a gas station in California. This is the highest price recorded anywhere, $7.59 for a gallon of gas. $7.59. So the question came up, Joe, what are you going to do about gas prices? Anyway, so there's there, there, there but I, I don't I must tell you, I don't have a near term answer. There's two things I could do. I could go in the petroleum reserve and take out and probably reduce re, reduce the price of gas, maybe 18 cents or so a gallon. It's still going to be above three bucks. Mm. And one of the things that I refused to have happen because I didn't want anybody. I made a commitment. If you pass the stuff I'm talking about, not not one single penny in tax would go against anybody making less than 400 grand. And so if you notice, this is these highway bills are not paid for by gas tax. They're paid for by direct expenditures in other areas. Mm. So the average person doesn't have to pay more. But it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. There's a possibility to be able to bring it down. Depends on a little bit on Saudi Arabia and a few other things that are in the offing. First of all, it's interesting that he brings up the gasoline tax not going to the highways. The question is, why are they not going to the highways? That was why they are there, to pay for our highways and byways. But he's right, because too many governments are stealing the money, taking the money away from the highway fund and spending on other goodies. So the first question, instead of Anderson Cooper going, hmm, why don't you ask him, why are you misappropriating money that is designated to go for the highways? That's, that's the first question that needs to be asked. But let's see. A year ago, the average cost of gas was $2.16. Today, it's three thirty-seven. Gee, what has changed in a year? Hmm. Can you figure that out? Joe, I don't have, you don't have an answer, do you? Uh, near term? You've managed to near term it down the toilet in a year. Let's, let's, how about a reversal? How about going back? How about opening up the XL pipeline? How about opening up fracking? How about opening up federal lands that these companies can pump gas off of and natural gas? How about that, Joe? Is it does it take a genius to figure it out, Joe? Or you're 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 more indebted to the environmental wackos. And you want to enslave us to Saudi Arabia. You want to take our money and put it back over to the Middle East where the terrorism originates from. You're a genius, Joe. we got to take a timeout. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 